Welcome to the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin, where to begin, grow, and aspire to become the best stylist you can be. Whether you're thinking about becoming a stylist, opening a salon, or developing your skills as an experienced stylist, the next step of your beauty career starts here. Each week, we'll discuss strategic ways to design, plan, and execute on becoming a stylist that excels behind the chair and above the bottom line. Here's your host, Tracy Franklin. So I know that if you listen to my podcast, you might have heard this story before, but it's a really special story to me because I just opened my own Barber and Beauty Academy. And that's the story of me entering this industry. I definitely feel like this story is worth telling again because I think that people find themselves in these spaces and times in their life where something is about to shift and big time. It is about to shift big time. And that's what entering this industry was for me. So I really wasn't looking for a barber or a beauty school. And I know that this will sound a little bit far-fetched, but I believe it found me. I believe it found me when I didn't even know what I was looking for. I was definitely at a very pivotal place in my life. I was between jobs And I really wasn't sure if I even wanted to return to a career that I had poured seven plus years into. So I was driving by and something inside caught my attention. So there's a group of students just standing around. I really don't even know what they were doing, but they were gathered around and they were talking and they were laughing. And I just thought to myself, they look so happy. Like something about what I was seeing made me want to go inside. So I went home and I talked to my partner about it. And beauty school seemed a little out of reach. I mean, I had to work, right? I had two kids at home and, you know, it just didn't seem like an option to go to school full time. But I put pen to paper and it turns out with what few resources I had and a little help from my family and honestly, a whole lot of dedication and hard work, I was able to start my barber school journey. So if I could give myself one piece of advice of what to look for in a beauty school, especially now looking back. You know, I mean, I had a great school experience, but now that I have 20 plus years in this industry in a school of my own, I can definitely see the holes in what and how today's future beauty professional typically learns. A student today should be looking well beyond the bookwork and the test prep. There is a lot more required of us now, and you need to be prepared. Today's student needs to know how to take pictures and how to caption them and what time of day it will get the most traction. We need to know what setting a goal looks like and when we should raise our prices. And we also need to know how to interview for a job and how to have a decent consultation with our clients. And these are all the things that really successful people are doing behind the chair. And there are far too many students that leave school without this skill set that they really need. So I want to talk about why this topic is so important for aspiring beauty professionals. We as seasoned stylists need to pay it forward and pour into this generation. They are who we'll be passing the baton to, to the ones who keep all the lessons that we've learned along the way in motion. So find someone to mentor. Be the someone that you wish you had in the beginning. So starting strong and off on the right path from the beginning puts you miles ahead of someone that doesn't take the time to acquire these skills. You'll establish the habits of successful people early on instead of trying to develop them later. Starting in a growth mindset takes commitment, and it's not usually very comfortable. In fact, it's almost never comfortable. 
I was very uncomfortable with being on video a few years ago, but now video is how people find you and connect with you. So not doing it is detrimental. I had to get uncomfortable and I had to get good at it if I was going to continue being successful. Most of you probably found this podcast from one of my videos, right? I understood the assignment and I got to work and now it's just another part of the job. So I guess the question is, could this really even change how far you go in the beauty industry? Isn't it more about your skills? Isn't it more about your talent? Knowing what matters in our industry can affect how far you go. And what matters even more is staying open to the changes that are bound to come. Because, honey, they are. They're coming. This industry will keep you on your toes. So do not sit still. You have to learn to evolve and you have to learn to pivot as many times as it takes. So does where you go to beauty school even really matter? I think so. I believe that choosing a school is a very important decision. And I realize that being able to choose is a privilege. Sometimes we don't have more than one to choose from in our area. And some schools cost more than others. So having options is great, but it's not possible for everybody. And at the end of the day, you can be successful no matter where you go to school. The most important thing that you bring with you every day, no matter where you enroll, is going to be your mindset. A good one will take you far no matter what your circumstances are, and a bad one will do the same. It's up to you to choose what direction your mindset takes you. Getting the most out of the school is going to require you showing up as the best and most determined version of yourself every single day. Having a lucrative and passion-filled career will demand the same, so why don't you just start now? So if you want to be the best at something, you need to learn from the best in the industry. And I feel like seasoned, well-rounded stylists make the best instructors. Not to say that it's the only criteria, but you are able to bring a lot of perspective to the classroom and the student salon. A lot of real-world experience lends itself well to students who are trying to navigate this industry. In Tennessee, you have to have had your license for three years and you have to complete a 300-hour instructor's program and pass a test to become a licensed instructor. And I think that although it's not a difficult process, it does require enough effort to at least detour people that may not be really qualified for the job. So how can a student even tell if instructors have real-world experience? I think a student can tell if an instructor has experience by how up-to-date their own skill set is. If an instructor is knowledgeable about what's trending and what is really going on in the world of beauty today, it's not that hard to spot. Typically, it also shows up in their own appearance and the way they color and style their own hair. It will show up big time in their interactions with clients. An experienced stylist will know how to conduct and teach others how to conduct a proper consultation. No one is born great at this, guys. It has to be learned. And someone with low client interaction may not be as suited to handle the challenges that can occur in the salon and behind the chair. I think good student-teacher ratios are really important. If you have too many students running around relying on one teacher to help them with color formulations and checking haircuts and helping someone that's stumped on the curriculum in the classroom, you are really going to wear this instructor out. In Tennessee, the ratio is 15 students to one instructor. Too many students per instructor can create a lot of stress on the instructor and a lack of quality in education for the students. The quality instructor can be defined, in my opinion, as someone who really cares about the industry and wants to instill that in the students. You have to have the same characteristics that a lot of teachers have, kindness and patience, 
For me, I love the look on their face when something clicks, when they get it. For me, that is the magic. Imparting my wisdom and experience to the students is something I'm very passionate about, and it brings me a lot of joy. So touring the school isn't something that I really even considered before I opened a school because the school that I went to was kind of on the small side. It wasn't really like a tour, you know, like you walked in, you looked around and what you saw was what you got. But facilities, I think, are bigger now. And I do recommend taking a tour. I mean, you're going to be spending a year or more in this facility and what you choose matters. So I would choose to do an in-depth tour of the facility. I think that's a really great place to start. And you want to be looking for things like, is the equipment up to date and in good working order? Is there plenty of space for each student? Is the color bar stocked? There's so much to look for and so much to ask. A tour should cover the basics of the course, including the schedule, curriculum, and definitely the cost of the program. But a prospective student should go in with their own list of questions. You need clarity on the things that matter most to you. I'm always so impressed when students come in prepared with questions. Those are the students I'd like to have in my school. They're focused and they know what they're looking for in their school and in their future career. So now you can do a virtual tour. And are they just as good as an in-person tour? In my opinion, no. But I'm a big energy person, meaning for my big decisions, I don't really rely on what I see on the internet and social media to get a feel for things. I have to be there in person. I want to take it all in and feel the energy of the place. So I think virtual tours are great during the research phase. But when it comes down to signing on the dotted line, you need to go in in person and check things out. So red flags are obviously something you want to keep your eye out for on the tour. Do the students look miserable or unfriendly? Is the school dirty? Is it really crowded? And are products a scarcity? Like, where are the products? I mean, things like this are all things that would really give me pause. So defining a quality facility looks like it being properly staffed, clean and welcoming with a very good energy when you walk in. The instructors and students should be engaged and look like they enjoy what they're doing. A good facility will be happy to sit down with you and answer any questions. And they'll also happily boast about what sets them apart, what makes them special and why you need look no further for a school. If they're not doing that, then to me, that's a red flag. So let's talk about the basics, the curriculum. A barber and cosmetology program in the state of Tennessee is both 1,500 hours. They both cover a wide range of courses. In either of them, you will learn about hair, skin, and nails. The only real difference between the program lies more in the differences in the schools than in the curriculum itself. For example, there is a misconception that barbers focus on men and cosmetologists focus on women, and that's simply not the case. Either license will allow you to focus on whatever you want to focus on. I'm a master barber who focuses on high-end color and hair extensions, but I can also turn out a good fade. It's just not my focus. You can also specialize in cosmetology schools. A lot of them have nail and aesthetic programs as well. So if you know specifically you want to focus on nail or skincare services, you can save yourself some time and money by getting one of these specialty licenses. These programs are typically 600 hours, especially in the state of Tennessee, and they cost half as much. So is specializing better or should you just go for the whole enchilada? I don't think one is better than the other. It's just about knowing what you want out of your education and what you want your future career to look like. If you are unsure, the whole enchilada may be the best and then you can go in and specialize later. Or if you feel like being a nail technician or an esthetician is the right route for you, then it's important to know that as well. 
If a school offers any extra certifications, such as hair extensions, Brazilian blowouts, or extra nail and skincare enhancements, then they're probably going to bring that up during the tour. I mean, we certainly do. So what about red flags when it comes to the curriculum and the programs? I mean, most schools are going to use a state-approved curriculum for the basics. It's the extras that really add the value. So again, make sure and ask those questions. All these curriculums and any school that you choose, you can count on them helping you prepare for state boards. No matter what type of school you go to, they will prepare you for the state board exam. It's the bread and butter for the schools. We are rated by our past and placed students, meaning we look better to our accrediting boards when our students pass the exam and find employment. So yeah, all schools are going to definitely be highly focused on that. So let's talk about the typical tuition costs and what that might include. Tuition ranges wildly. I mean, depending on the program and the school that you choose, you could be looking at anywhere from $6,000 all the way up to $20,000 for tuition. What's included in that tuition is really up to the school itself. So that varies a lot as well. So do schools offer scholarships and financial options? Sometimes. Accredited schools will typically not offer these in-house scholarships due to the fact that they have been approved to accept state-funded money and grant money. So it's typically just not necessary. That's not to say that you can't apply for private scholarships and still receive them. That's just typically done outside of the school. But a newer school like mine, like Aspire, has not been open long enough yet to receive accreditation. So in-house scholarships are very common. And, you know, we got to keep our enrollment up and help aid the students who are cash pay and working hard to put themselves through school. So paying for tuition. In most cases, I mean, if you're lucky, you have a mom and or dad willing to help. Notice I say willing. (laughs) Some parents still feel like college is best for their kids, and I'm not knocking college. I mean, such a great opportunity. But for someone who knows that their future is in the beauty industry, it feels like a waste of time. I've hired and enrolled so many students that went to college, got their degree, and still found their way back to beauty school. So what about the students with no help from family? Some take out private loans or work to put themselves through school. I have to be real with you. I'm so inspired by these students who do whatever it takes to follow their dreams. It takes a lot of grit, perseverance, and probably a lot of coffee to get through a season of your life that requires so much of you. So will going to a better school actually have a higher return on your investment for your education? I mean, does going to a more prestigious school really matter? I'm going to say something that won't be popular among everyone, especially the schools that are playing small. And by playing small, I mean chasing the money, packing way too many students into the facility, doing the bare minimum with the curriculum, and having way too many students relying on one instructor. This is putting profit before people, and there is no room for that in quality education. I own a really beautiful academy. I mean, if you've never checked us out, go to our website at AspireBarberAndBeauty.com or check us out on Instagram at AspireBarberAndBeauty. I'm very proud of our state-of-the-art facility. But that's nothing compared to the quality of education I'm providing for my students. I feel like they and every student deserves to be prepared and to be set up for success. It's our job. And too many educators, in my opinion, don't take that job seriously enough. So how do we budget and manage our finances while we're attending beauty school? I mean, paying for beauty school out of our own pocket is going to take some serious discipline and planning, right? I mean, you're more than likely going to be responsible for a chunk of your tuition up front, and then the rest will be broken down into payments. 
So you will need to make sure that you have a budget in place that includes what you need to live on along with your monthly payment to the Academy. And don't forget to budget entertainment. Please do not forget. You're working so hard. Don't forget to reward yourself, you know, but only what you can afford. (laughs) Don't rack up a bunch of debt because even as a licensed stylist, it can take up to a year before you're established long enough to really live on hair alone. Most schools will offer a full-time or a part-time program. And when it comes to paying, the life of your loan with the school is going to be completely up to them. You know, they get to decide how long you can drag out your payments and whether being part-time buys you more time financially. So where do you even start with your research? I mean, start your research at the beginning and locate all the schools in your area or any area that you're willing to relocate to. Check them out online first. I mean, do they have a good website? Do you like the products that they use? Are their financial requirements posted? And if so, can you meet them? Find out what you can online first and then hit the pavement. Pick your top three schools based on your research and book your tours. Find some schools with great reviews. I mean, reviews are great. It gives you an anonymous look into people's experience. So I recommend reading several of them and be on the lookout for any information that you can get from students and the clients that have been to this school. You're going to spend a lot of time here and you should definitely make sure that it's going to be a successful venture for you. So if you're able to find some alumni or stylists that you know that went to this school, you might want to pick their brain or maybe ask your own stylist what they think about the schools on your list. Hopefully they know something or have heard something about them and can add some value. Okay, so let me share my final thoughts on how I feel like this is going to shape your career. I mean, I'm always happy to impart some wisdom and share my point of view on these topics. But at the end of the day, what you need to have a successful school experience and a successful career already lives inside of you. And that's your attitude toward it all. So show up, show out and celebrate yourself and celebrate your classmates too. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin is a Morgan Franklin production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Editing and post-production by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Tracy and the Aspiring Barber and Beauty Academy? Go to AspireBarberAndBeauty.com.